Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. Final one of 2021. Of course, Sign Guy along with. The coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he's got a boast. If you need a rump roast, he'll make you one along with a side of toast. Coach Mike Jones of the Real School Army. Real fast before we jump into things, if you're looking for some wrestling in the next couple of days, final chance for 2021, you have tonight Wrestle Club with the annual show outside of the State Capitol Building in Boise, Idaho. Beyond Wrestling and Worcester, Massachusetts, FSW in Paradise, Nevada, CWF in Fate, Texas, RDW in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Tomorrow night, first show of the year for WCWO at the Outlaw Arena, 1151 South Kentucky Avenue, Indianapolis, Indiana, PPW in Mitchell, Indiana, Supreme in Madison, Indiana, ECW in Somerset, Kentucky, TAP in Morrison, Tennessee, TWA in Pikeville, Tennessee, Metroplex in Bedford, Texas, RWE in Newport, Arkansas, AIWF in Mount Airy, North Carolina, 901 in Memphis, Tennessee, and because he asked us to plug it, former guest of this very show, Jason Ayers, will be at day one for WWE tomorrow night. So make sure you have plans to watch Pro Wrestling to kick off the new year. Coach, a lot of shows going down. What's happening this week? It is, yeah. Looking forward to 2022. You know, it's been a little trying 2021 in the last couple of years, but, you know, making the best of things and trying to stay positive. Absolutely. Hopefully, this won't be a repeat of 2020. Hopefully, we aren't seeing the sequel, and it's really 2022. Revenge of the Dirt Worst. Definitely. So, yeah, well, Coach, hoping Peaky calls in. Yeah. That, that would be nice if it, he would... Oh, Coach, do you think that Pinky Santino is in any way related to famous Fonzie girlfriend, Pinky Tuscadero? He definitely could be. He's definitely a good-looking dude, so there you go. We may have to ask if he calls in. Nice. So yeah, I've seen your sign of the times. Of course, I've got all. I've got a huge library. It just at the time I didn't have any books in my office, 
my office is separate from my library. But I do got the Kevin Sullivan's wife book, Old School Ring Squared, book one here. I have it as well. It is next. As soon as I finish a current book I am reading, Old School gets read. Nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd sure like to check out the uh, Excitement in the Air book one of these days. Uh, one thing I... Uh, I like to do sometimes because, you know, it's just like with T-shirts. It's like, dude, I got like 200 T-shirts in my closet, and I only wear like 20 of them. And it's like I don't need any more T-shirts. And even with the books, I got a big light library. But I do have a thing that I like to do. You can go to any library in the in, in the United States and see if they have any book, DVD, movie, uh, CD that you that you're interested in, and the cool thing about it is even if they don't have it, like for example, when I, I wanted to read Ole Anderson's book that Scott Teal wrote, and they were able to find that in Georgia, and then they were able to borrow it from Georgia, send it over here, and allow me to read that book. And then there's been situations where nobody in the United States had that book from the library systems, and usually they do have money in their budget, and they will go out and, and purchase any book, CD, DVD, movie, anything that pertains to uh, learning and and entertainment and stuff like that. They will go out and get it, and I'm really grateful for that. So I do got to get down to the library and see if they got – a bunch of different books like Excitement in the Air and then my mentor and book and publishing coach, Pat, Patrick Snow's books, uh, Creating Your Own Destiny, Chicken Soup for the Soul, and Boy Entrepreneur amongst many. That type of loan you're describing called an interlibrary loan. I've used it many, many a time. It's garnered me such books as Kamala's book and also um, a book on Fritz Peterson of the New York Yankees, which was says awful, horrible book. Horrible. Oh. Man, I really enjoyed Ole Anderson's book. And then, of course, I, Johnny Walker's book, one of my heroes, Wrestling Twos, was amazing also. I didn't realize Johnny Walker had a book out. It was good. And then, uh, so, yeah, I guess I can start reading uh, Old School Ring Squared, page 17. It'll be your responsibility using any means necessary to convince these vested promoters to continue running for a hefty fee. And if they don't pay, they don't get to play. That's where your secured TV contracts come in. With a TV deal under your belt, you'll be able to squash local promotions and blackball their talent, run them right out of business. Silence. Jack looked around the table and scrutinized them, imagining how each would persuade, maybe strong arm, shaking down the deep-rooted old-timers for the kick up. Jack tapped the map again, Showing next up his four states, Otto, 
you'll stay in Arizona and continue to build New Mexico. These states will be year-round. You'll also sit on top of Denver, Colorado Springs, and Casper and Cheyenne. They are currently summer draws. You'll turn them into year-rounders. Good enough, Otto Schmidt replied. Roy, you'll continue managing Texas, Jack traced Roy's vast slice. Woo-wee, Roy said, leaning forward. It's your decision if you want to continue running those West Texas towns with Otto. You'll also chaperone New Orleans, Little Rock, Tulsa, Kansas City, Omaha, and Sioux Falls. And like Otto, manage those draws with chosen promoters. Thank you, Roy Cassidy said, perking up in his chair. Jack looked at James E. Barnes, who was smiling, fingers woven together in front of him. James E. looked delighted because Jack had shown him his territory earlier. Jim, you'll continue your shows in Chicago and Detroit. Jack pointed to James E. Slice of Pie. You know the drill. Take over Ohio, Minneapolis, Des Moines, St. Louis, Milwaukee, and hopefully work some magic with your big-time studio friends. James E. removed his round spectacles and placed them on the table. With a twinkle in his eye and a slight finger clap, he said, Oh, booty, booey. No one is more excited than I. Jack studied Jerry Gallagher and smiled. Jerry, you'll be running mostly Florida. Also call the shots on already established towns in Louisville, Knoxville, Nashville, Greenville, and Birmingham. Jim has agreed to turn Atlanta over to you and assist with whatever you need. Now, uh, I'm really enjoying this book. I haven't finished it yet since I'm busy writing my own. Uh, but, you know, I'm doing what I can to read a little bit every day, and uh, it's a good book. And uh, we're going to have to have Kevin and his wife on one of these days to have them promote it. Absolutely. Now, to be fair, that happened last week, as you recall. Exactly. He just did for a couple minutes on our Christmas Eve show, and I was grateful to have him. But, of course, they got a lot more to say. Absolutely. Of course, they're always welcome here. Now, Coach, when I'm done with excitement in the air, if you're very careful with it, I'd let you borrow it. Okay, nice. Yes, I'd love to. Now, do you realize I was reading this book on an airplane last week. All of a sudden, it starts talking about your trainer, Diafula the Butcher Debashi. Okay, nice. All right, cool. But, uh, so they didn't mention me, though. <laughs> I haven't Obviously gone all not. the way through the book yet. Okay, so, now, yep. I'd, in mind, these are reprints of, of old interviews, so some of these interviews predate even your debut in the wrestling business. Okay, nice. So, yep, Pinky's about to call in. Oh, that'll be huge. Yep, I just sent him the number. I was afraid old thumbs up Lance Seed had gotten to him and did something horrible. 
I think Lance D would need like a baseball bat, and he, he would have to sucker punch him or something, and he still probably wouldn't have a chance. Peaky's a monster. I don't know. The Lance doesn't have a baseball bat, and he's probably sucker punched a lot of people. <laughs> All right. Have so you ever old thumbs up playing Steve Coach? What's that? Have you ever thought, oh, yeah. thought old thumbs up playing Steve? Not not in a singles or tag match, but yes, I've been in the ring in the, uh, with them uh, during battle royals at uh, SCW World World Underground Wrestling. Aha! Uh-huh. Well. Coach, it looks like our guest has joined us. Peaky Santino, welcome to the show. Hey, how we doing, guys? Doing, doing great. very, Thanks very well. On. Well, Peaky, since today's your first day on our particular show, I will start you out with a traditional first-timer question. What got you into the world of pro wrestling? Oh, uh, you know what? I, I've always just really loved pro wrestling. I, I was always super into it. I would, um, it was more my older brothers that were into it. But, you know, following my older brothers, um, just little by little, it got me into it. And luckily, one of, one of my older brothers had some friends that got into the business themselves. And when I was in high school, they agreed to train me. So little by little, I got in that way. Now, when you get into wrestling, did you have like a background in either amateur or MMA or some sort of drama that was going to help set the stage for you? Or did you go to wrestling kind of cold and just learn as you went? Well, uh, like like I said, I I was actually pretty young. I, I was pretty early in high school at the time. So um, it, was, it was pretty much a little bit of amateur amateur wrestling along with um, just what I was learning at the time for, for uh, the training school. Now, you are a rather large fellow that a lot of people that have seen you would confirm. We see a lot of really tall guys in our sport, who would you say has been the tallest opponent that you have had? Um, I've been in a match with a gentleman that's over seven feet tall by the name of Othello. Down down here at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Oh, okay. We have had Othello on this very show. I'm very familiar with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, on the flip yeah, side of that... Oh, and also... Um, <laughs> I've been in the ring with um, <clears throat> uh, Aaron Aguilar. He used to wrestle for the WWE for a while. He he was he would team up with Carlito. So I've been yeah, I recall him. him as well, the bodyguard. Yeah. Yes. On the flip side, who is the shortest opponent that you've had to wrestle so far? The shortest opponent. Um, it might be uh, one of my old tag team partners, uh, but a gentleman by the name of Eli Everfly. Uh-huh. Uh, he, yeah, he, he, he's one one of those. He's a smaller guy, but 
he's the type of guy that'll throw his full body at you. To me, he's he got a heck of a forearm shot. Oh, uh, forearm! Whatever he could hit you with, he'll do it. And if there's anything tall enough, he's gonna jump off of it and land on you. Now you've been in the business for quite a while, and everybody that ever gets into it has a injury or two along the way. What are some of the injuries that you've had so far in your career? Um, as far as like uh, wrestling injuries themselves, it's only been bumps and bruises, luckily. But unfortunately, right now I am uh, on the. Well, I guess you could see the the injury list, but that's more for medical reasons at the moment. So, yeah, currently I'm not wrestling. I'm focusing more on on commentary at the moment, but I am hoping to get back into it when I can. Well, hopefully I will see you at some point back in the ring, and hopefully you get well. Yeah, we're hoping, we're hoping. It's, It's just something that, you know, I've had since I was a kid. Well, I have not great kidneys, so I'm actually a dialysis patient right now. So, just waiting on a new kidney in all reality, and you know, hopefully, after that, I could get a couple more matches. Hopefully, so. Uh, yeah. Hacksaw Duggan actually had a few years left after he got a new kidney, so hopefully that goes similarly for you. Yeah, here's hoping. Now, today is the annual show that Wrestle Club of Idaho has in front of the state capitol building. It is very, very cold in Idaho. They wrestle outside, snow on the ground. It is usually the coldest show I know of that takes place every year. What is the coldest show that you have ever had to wrestle? Um, well, I, I live in California, so, uh, anything that I talk about, most likely it's just going to sound like someone complaining because it it doesn't get colder than like 40 degrees over here. But the coldest time I ever did a match, it had to be because the, the location that they got to run the show at was a, was a ice rink. So we, we actually, they just put carpet over the ice and we have a match on the ice. So I personally have yet to do a show at ice rink, but I was always curious, do they have to take extra precautions at an ice rink just because of how heavy a ring is compared to what an ice rink would be as opposed to just a normal floor? Well, they didn't seem to like like I said. It, it seems like all they really did was put a put a carpet over the ice, and then they just set up the ring on top of it. And, oh. and you know, this is like an ice skating rink. It's not not a pond or anything like that. So true enough. True enough. Now you've wrestled in a lot of places that have had some strange stipulation matches to it. I know you've probably had a few that were a little bit odd. What's the strangest match you've ever had? The strangest match I have ever had. Um, 
Well, you know, I'm I'm actually I I'm part of a wrestling company that's called uh, Wrestling Pro Wrestling. It's actually owned by Brian Kendrick, and um, all the characters and, and all the matches there are, are a little bit more outrageous than than anything else. So I once was part of a um, a battle royal that was called the Russell Crowe Battle Royal, where every every wrestler was in a Russell a Russell Crowe character in one way or another. We had people dressed up like gladiators. Um, we I was dressed up in a Cinderella uh, dress with boxing gloves because of Cinderella man. You know, just different things like that. Did anybody do the hockey for Mystery Alaska? Yes, I believe someone did. Outstanding. Yeah. It was pretty ridiculous. On the age of wrestling that we are in right now, uh, because of logistics and mandates and so forth, a lot of companies have done live streams of their shows, be it to YouTube or IWTV or Powerbomb.tv or whatever service it may be. Some people are of the mindset that it takes away from fans going to the live shows, which hurts attendance. Some people think it draws fans from a bigger fan base. What do you think of the live stream of independent shows? Um, I think that they're both different kinds of monsters in all reality because it, in all reality, it's a different kind of show because of what you could do during a live stream show is sometimes things that you can't really do when the audience is there because when when it's a, a live stream show, you get these like close-ups and so many of these people can have these cinematic matches that you can't really have when you know, you're wrestling in front of a big audience because you just can't get those angles that you're getting. So, yeah, they're they're just different. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. It's, I think it was a, a necessary thing that we had to do to keep the business going at a time when we couldn't have live shows. One of the other shows that I have heard a lot of people say are hard to find at this point is the family-friendly type of shows. A lot of people say that too many companies have gotten away from catering to the younger fans, to the children. A lot of families don't feel comfortable going to wrestling as a family any longer. It's geared more towards the college age or older because of the demographics, the ability to sell alcohol at the venue, all of these reasons. What do you think of the state of family-friendly events as we sit here on the cusp of 2022? I think it just depends on what kind of show you're looking for because a lot of times you hear uh, too many people complaining that there aren't the other kind of shows. I've heard it more often that, you know, a lot of shows are more geared too much towards children and stuff, which is taking the adults more more away from it. And, and so it's it's kind of like a double-edged sword, where it's hard to make it for one one group of people 
and then you, you know, it, I, I think you have to try to try your best to make it all inclusive as much as possible. You remember very, very. Well, Coach Mike Jones is with us. I'm sure Coach has questions, so I will give things over to Coach for a while. Hey, Pinky, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm hoping and praying that uh, 2022 is going to be your best year ever also, along with the rest of us. And uh, I'm I'm really thankful for all you've done and for being part of the Real School Army in the past and hopefully in the future and helping me in my feud versus Von Hess, which it looks like that that feud actually ended, but God only knows that guy's a feisty guy. And uh, one day we might have to call you back up to face him. Hey, you know me, Coach, whenever you need me, I'm there. Exactly, and then uh, how how did you meet Ron? I met Ron at a at a show in Arizona, actually. Yeah, we we were just both booked on the same show, and we happened to meet there. And you know, when both re- both of us as wrestlers, we we didn't know the area. I think he was a little more familiar with the area than I was, but uh, yeah, we met we met at a biker bar. Uh, at a company down in Arizona. Okay, and then uh, did you play? I I heard you did some amateur wrestling, but did you play any other sports in school? A little bit of football. Okay, and, uh, track and field, you know, like shot put and disc. Nice. How far was your farthest shot put throw? Oh, well, that's been a long time. I don't even remember. <laughs> Okay. All right. And then, uh, so, uh, who was some of your, uh, toughest opponents? Uh, my toughest opponents, um, my, tough, well, some of the guys that always come to mind are, uh, a guy that's, uh, fighting his way in GCW right now. His name is Tito Escondido. Um, tough guy. Definitely a hard-hitting guy. Uh, there's Ray Rosas. He's also a guy from down here in California. Um, when I, whenever I wrestled with one of my old trainers, it was always always a heavy-hitting match. Um, you know, rest in peace, one of my trainers, Supreme, from the old XPW days. Um, nice. He, he laid it in every time. Nice. And that, it's such an honor that... Uh... You're part of the Santino brothers. Uh, they they have quite the legacy going there. Most definitely, uh, I can happily say that I was part of the first class over at the Santino brothers school back when we were just uh, nice. training out of a backyard. Okay, that's impressive. All right, and then uh, so what's some of your most memorable matches? Um, most memorable matches. Well, there's let's see. Well, like I said, uh, the, I did get to have the pleasure of wrestling the death match against Supreme. Um, also, uh, uh, I have been in another death match with uh, Ray Rosas on Halloween. It's probably my most memorable one, to be honest. And um, yeah, uh, I I have been known to get in a good amount of dog collar matches. Nice, so some extreme matches. Uh, 
So what do you think of those death match matches? I I think there there's an art to them if they're done well. There I think too often, you know, there's a lot of guys that just go in there and start hitting each other with stuff and I actually really respect those guys too because to go through the punishment and and stuff that they go through it, it's a lot. I know I I've been through it, but I think there's an, an extra layer of respect for me for those guys that are able to go ahead and use all those items and tell an amazing story along with it. Nice. And then, uh, so I, I watched some of your, a bunch of your matches and some of your promos and stuff. And I seen the introduction to, to Pinky where you were saying that kids used to try to bully you when they were, when you were little, which is pretty dumb of them. I mean, I imagine you were still one of the bigger kids back then. Yeah. Yeah, so how'd that work out? I mean, as in, I'm sure, you know, uh, you wasn't out looking for trouble and stuff like that, but just some people are dumb enough to try to mess with you. Well, you know, a lot of the times when you're younger, you don't have the confidence that you have when you – that you learn later on in life. So you could be you could be as big as a horse, but to yourself you don't feel that way. Well, yeah, yeah, and then cool. like I say, some of them guys were dumb enough that you had to teach them a lesson. I'm sure. Yeah, if, if, I'm not gonna say it didn't happen, but yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and then like you said though. One of the reasons you got into wrestling, because, you know, that was still fresh in your mind. Uh, do you got any stories like that, that you uh, had to resort to, uh, pull, you know, go deep into your bag and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, use those memories to win a match? Oh, well... <clears throat> Since I've been in the business, uh, I, you know... It was more of a thing where I I was trained in a lot of respect and discipline. That's what Santino installed Santino Brothers instilled into us from the very beginning. So, um, with all that, you know, it it's mostly being a professional in the ring while you're in there. You know, the we we were trained to hit hard and and hit people hard back. So, um, it, it's. Well, it's nothing that I, I was ever worried about being in there with anyone else because they, they okay. trained us to, to you know, they laid it in on us because they, they always said, we don't want you to go out into the business and get hurt out there. We're going to make sure you know what to do. Definitely. And then, you know, like I said, it's an honor working with you and hanging with you when you're up here in Washington and it was always a pleasure to have you in the locker room and, and on cards because I really appreciated and looked forward to you always gave constructive criticism to people and tried to help them go out of your way. And, of course, you did it in a, the right way, too. You wasn't, like, going out of your way to try to critique someone or or to tell somebody what to do. But just the way it worked out is 
you know, people were close to you or things that you've seen, you would give input. And uh, a lot of people appreciated that. Well, I'm really glad that they did because in all reality, I, I just, I'd like to make it as, you know, leave the business as good as I can possibly do that because your people only get better by wrestling people that are better than them. And I'm not going to, I'm not sitting here and saying that I'm the best, but if I could teach someone something, something here, maybe they could teach me something later. And then that's just going to help me improve in the, in the future. Everyone has to keep moving forward together or else no one's ever going to get there. And so, so who was some of your uh, wrestling heroes growing up? Um, I was a huge fan of Bret Hart. Um, obviously Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, The Undertaker, and then I, I liked a lot of the character wrestlers too. Like some of the people people that I thought were cool that not a lot of people did at the time. Like I, I thought Adam Bomb was the coolest thing of all time. Um, nice. I, I was super into Duke the Dumb Shadrosi. But when I was a kid, okay, and, and yeah, I, I I enjoyed the characters. And then being one of the Santino brothers and being down there in California, I imagine you've done a, a bunch of uh, lucha matches. Oh uh, yeah, we we train in lucha matches. Obviously, I'm a little big for that style, but you know. I know how to base for those guys, pretty much. Nice. If, if someone then, wants, to, uh, wants who, to do Ramas or something, I know how to take them. I'm not going to do it myself, nice. obviously. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, so who are some of your most hated opponents in the ring? Uh, hated in what way? As in, as a competitor. So, uh, like, biggest, well, it, it's pretty much like the... It's weird. Some the people that you would think were my most hated are the guys that usually end up being my friends in the future. Um, like a, the guys like Tito Escondido and Ray Rosas are some of my my oldest friends. And it the reason being that you know the old saying in wrestling: it's you hit your friends the hardest, and whenever they were in the ring together, that's who we're usually hitting harder than anyone else. Okay, yeah, that's great. And I've had that same situation where people mess with me in the past, and of course, I never tried to start anything. And of course, when I had to teach them a lesson later on, they did join the group of if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> and then they became my friends later, too, you know? Yeah, there you go. So. All right, and then if someone was about to get into the business or thinking about it, you got any uh, any uh, thing that you would like to let them know what you think they should do? Uh, cardio. Get your cardio up before you even start training because uh, it's in all reality, it's a lot about being safe and having the air to be safe to yourself and to your opponent. Uh, nothing worse than a guy that can't that can't have the air to safely uh, perform a move and ends up dropping somebody on their head just because they're not prepared. And then, of course, I would imagine that, uh, you've trained with some other – have you trained at other schools or – I'm sure you've um, done a bunch of seminars. 
Uh, I've done a, a, some training at other schools. Uh, I and I've given advice at, at other schools. Uh, a lot of I actually do commentary right now at uh, Millennium Pro Wrestling, and while I'm doing commentary, I'm able to you know sit there also and you know give a little bit of advice here and there when wherever I can. Okay, nice. And then, so, uh, what other schools besides the Santino Brothers would you suggest for people? Uh, well, like I said, there's Millennium Pro Wrestling here in California. It's trained by uh, Ray Rosa. Um, another school in California that uh, a lot of people have come out of would be the School of Hard Knocks, run by Jesse Hernandez. Um, and there's always Knox Pro here that's uh, run by... Uh, WWE Hall of Famer Rikishi. Yeah, nice. I've uh, had the pleasure of working down there at a freak show wrestling for Sin Bodhi's group. Uh, okay, yeah. Where, where I got I got to go against Jake the Snake, and of course I got DDT'd and got the snake put over me, where I'm terrified of snakes. But I guess <laughs> it's not too bad when you're when you're knocked out, you don't know any better. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hey, it's worth it just to be in there with Jake, I'm sure. Yeah. And then uh, I'm proud and honored to have Jesse Hernandez, Jake the Snakes, and Bodie, Brian Kendrick, you, all of you guys have been in the NGW Green Room. And we're looking forward to hopefully having all of you guys back in the NGW Green Room one day. Oh, yeah, man. Here's hoping. Hey, maybe this, this time when you have me out, we'll actually be able to get out there and visit the, the Hendricks Cemetery and the like we missed out on the last time. Oh, I know. Goodness, I was just about to say that too because, yeah, we always try to bring people to different stuff like to the Space Needle or to Mount Rainier or to different mountains and uh, Bruce Lee's grave also. And, of course, what a what a deal. That day we were running late and it was really close. We had a chance to go there, but we figured we shouldn't go because we didn't want to get you late to the airport. Man, that sucks. Yeah, better safe than sorry. Yeah. All righty. So, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on, and, and uh, I'm sure Sign's got some more questions, and we want to make sure you have uh, ample time to promote anything that you'd like to promote and plug yourself uh, before you leave, too. Well, thank you very much, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Well, Pinky, one of the things that a lot of wrestlers, of course, take a lot of pride in is their wrestling gear. A lot of people, uh, once the pandemic hit, had new gear made. A lot of wrestlers will break out five, six pieces of new gear every year, some people more than that even. What has been your favorite wrestling gear that you've had? My favorite wrestling gear? Um, well, I have a, a couple of different inspired uh, gears. A lot of times they're, they're comic books inspired. I have a, a singlet with a Punisher skull on it that's pink and black. And then there's another singlet that I have that's inspired by Nightwing, which is very, which I really enjoyed. And then you I have I was able a, to get into to a little bit of, of a better shape for a while, and 
uh, I was able to get one that was in the cut, more of um, Undertaker from the Ministry of Darkness days. So I, 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 I thought that one looked cool. That was the last set of gear that I got. Do you have a specific go-to person to make your gear for you, or do you have a combination of people that make your gear? Uh, it's a combination of people. Uh, they, there's a good a amount of gear makers down here in uh, Cal- in Southern California. So um, a lot of times it depends on whether or not I'm I'm teaming with someone at the time, and you know, if that's the case, then I, I'll usually go with whatever my partner is getting, just so that we could have some matching gear. Now, do you have a personal preference as far as? singles wrestling versus tag team wrestling or do you enjoy both equally um i enjoy both equally because they're it's a different kind of wrestling in all reality um the the psychology of it is different so to be able to go back and forth um it keeps it exciting now when you first did tags did you have to condition yourself to be able to do tag team wrestling, or was it kind of a seamless transition once you started to do tags? Well, I actually broke into the business as a tag team wrestler. When when I first started started wrestling straight out of training school, um, I, I was in a in a tag team called the Nobodies. And um, so that that was the first thing I ever really did in the business. So, um, it, so you know, you you learn per, well. I was able to learn pretty on uh, early on how to work a tag team match. But I've seen that some guys can struggle with it because you're not only having to watch for yourself in the ring when you're in a tag team match. Um, you it's you and your partner, and you got to make sure that they're in the right place, or else you know what you're doing in the ring could possibly not make sense. There's just a lot more uh, moving moving pieces in a tag team match. Absolutely true. Now, you talk about uh, coming up at Santino Brothers in California, which is a great place for pro wrestling, but you travel quite a bit. You've gone a lot of different places. If you had to pick one place where you have not yet gone for pro wrestling, be it as a commentator or to wrestle, what's that one spot that you would most like to go? Um, well, one of my uh, one of my goals in wrestling would be to go further into Mexico. Uh, to be able to wrestle around uh, the country where I, where I have family down there, with, so that they could be able to come and see me, I have wrestled in in Tijuana, Mexico, but that's that's pretty close to the border. I'd I'd like to be able to go a little bit deeper in there to uh, wrestle around my family, if possible. So, does your family in Mexico have the ability to? sort of follow your career? Do they get to watch videos or have they never seen you work? Uh, just just whatever they can see online, pretty much. Now, I coached, we had you up here in the Pacific Northwest 
a few times, and the Pacific Northwest is a booming area right now. We have a lot of promotions that are doing fairly well. A lot of great talent has come out of the Pacific Northwest over the last few years. Uh, we've seen a lot of people out of our area make it to the national stage, people like Daniel Dashwood and people like Darby Allen, Aubrey Edwards have all come out of the Pacific Northwest. What did you think from what you witnessed of our wrestling here in the Pacific Northwest? Um, I, I I enjoyed it. It's 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 a little bit different than it is here in California, uh, and I've noticed that by traveling that little by little, depending on where you go, it's it's different all over the place. Um, the way that you interact with the crowd is a lot different over there than it is here in Southern California where it it almost seems like the the crowd, the crowd up there is more willing to um and how how do I put this they they're willing to suspend their disbelief a little more over there and and be fans and enjoy the characters whereas the the a lot of the fans here in California they we we have like a lot of insider fans that that like to know the ins and outs of the business, and um, sometimes they're not super into the characters because they're very much into athleticism. The being being just super athletic here, where you know as, as far as like flips and and spots and and things that that guys could do, where it's just different styles in all reality. Now. As a commentator, you probably get a different perspective now than what you were getting as a wrestler. How has doing commentary prepared you for when you come back to in-the-ring wrestling? Well, I'm hoping that it it helps me stay within the business because it would be hard for me to just step away from the business until I'm ready to come back and then try to come back and not know what's going on in the business at the time. Because uh, the business is always changing, it's always evolving, and if I'm not there to witness what's going on, then I'm just going to be lost in the shuffle and I'm going to be starting from page one again. Uh, Did you have any particular commentator that you tried to pattern yourself after a little bit, or did you go into it just as your own individual commentary person? It all depends on uh, really what the promoter wants at the time. Because at first, uh, I I thought I was going to be going in there as mostly a color commentator, which is usually more of a, you know, more of a heel character, such as Jerry Jerry Lawler from back in the day. Um, So at first, I was kind of doing that, more more of that stick, but uh, it, it depends on the the promoter and all reality what they want because a lot of the the promoters nowadays they want uh, more of like a reality based UFC style of uh, commentating where it seems more like a sport than like a show. So uh, it, yeah, in all reality, it just depends on what what the promoter wants. Well, we're getting down to the last few 
minutes of the show today. I want to make sure you have plenty of time. If there's anything you want to say to the listeners, plug and promote absolutely anything and everything you like, social media, upcoming appearances, merchandise, your favorite dry cleaner, anything you would like, floor is all yours. <laughs> well, uh, you, anyone can follow me at any time on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, both of them are under King Nobody Pinky. Um, as far as wrestling shows, um, we're pretty much done for the for until the beginning of next year, since so, so the new year's starting. But starting in, on January seventh, every Friday night, uh, there is a Millennium Pro Wrestling show down here in Chatsworth, California. Uh, I, we do commentary there every week. Uh, if you can't come and catch us live, uh, we do put on a show every week on YouTube. So just look up Millennium Pro Wrestling here here in Chatsworth, and uh, you could. Listen to me doing the commentary there, and you'll you know catch a really good show. Once again, it's one of the very few shows that it's that's every week. Uh, Santino Brothers Wrestling is going to be running a show here at seventh, where head trainer Joey Chaos will be wrestling uh, uh, former WCW Cruiserweight Champion Psychosis. So that, that should be a heck of a show, and um. Just a, a lot of great stuff happening down here in Southern California. Uh, a lot of good wrestling's happening. All right, Coach, any last question? No, I just want to continue to uh, wish you success, and we're going to continue to hope and pray that uh, you get your uh, issue taken care of so you can come back uh, 100%. And... Um, Going to continue pulling for you and hoping, and Real School Army's got your back, and we really appreciate everything you do for the business and and for all of us. Hey, Coach, and I do want to thank you very much for for every time you've had me out there. Uh, very much appreciated. Thank you very much. And then, uh, Sign, I definitely I've got to schedule the plug coming up, but uh, I'm sure Sign would appreciate and. Wonder what your favorite coffee is. My favorite coffee? Yes. Um, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I've never been too much of a coffee guy. Uh, I I okay. actually have a. I I actually have a story related to to coffee and wrestling. If you have a couple of minutes. Oh sure. Absolutely. Uh well one time I was wrestling out I was booked to wrestle out in um Albuquerque New Mexico for a company called uh D um <clears throat> excuse me DWO Destiny Wrestling uh, Organization and um the thing about that's different in uh, New Mexico is you are not allowed to run a run a wrestling show with, unless you have a doctor on site. Because you have to get it regulated by a, 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 the New Mexico Athletic Commission, so they have to have a doctor there. They have to have physicals every time. But we're driving from California all the way to New Mexico the whole night. On the way there, I'm drinking a Red Bull. I'm drinking coffee, and I'm staying up the whole night driving. By the time we get there, uh, because I was just loaded in coffee and, and Red Bull. Um, I went ahead and did my physical, and my blood pressure was actually over 200. Oh man! Oof. 
So they they were said I was risking stroke level. So unfortunately, I was not able to wrestle that show because I had all that coffee and Red Bull and caffeine in my system. And that show I was actually supposed to be in the match with with Bubba Ray Dudley. Oh, so I missed out on that opportunity because of that. Damn, and he's a guy about almost or close to your size. Oh, he he's a big guy. He he's he's a guy that's actually bigger in person than he looks on TV. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, he's uh, had a hell of a career. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah, it, it could have been a pretty pretty awesome experience, but you know, hey, at least I have the story. Nice. All right. So yeah, you know, uh, all you guys can reach me at Coach Mike Jones. On Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And then also don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room. And I got the coming month's schedules here. January, we're proud to bring behind the scenes of the Pacific Northwest month. January 2nd, we got Bill Colville. January 7th, we got the author of Excitement in the Air and the Ring Around the Northwest own Mike Rogers. January 9th, Jameson Jan, or Jameson. January 14th, Frank Culberson. January 16th, Ice Train. January 21st, Ted Simmons, or Tim Simmons. January 23rd, Al Isaacs. January 28th, Taylor Jury. February 6th, Real School Army and UFC Hall of Famer's own Stephen Bonner. February 11th, uh, one of the rising star midgets, Eric Smalls. February 13th, Military Day. February 18th, Oliver Sawyer. February 20th, Real School Army's own Short Sleeve Sampson. February 25th, Chuck Moore. And February 27th, Shorty P. So make sure you uh, write those down and uh, don't miss them. Coach, are you going to ask Shorty P why he punched me in my face last week? So obviously he's not a midget. It's debatable. It's debatable. He's right at that threshold. But he punched me in my face, Coach. Okay, I'm going to have to say, hey, look, you 40-year-old midget. You punch sign in the face, you're going to have to answer to me, brother. (laughs) You can find him every week at 1151 South Kentucky Avenue in Indianapolis. All right, nice. Well, Pinky, it was a pleasure to have you on today. I hope we get to see each other again. It's always a pleasure, and I hope you – have that issue resolved and you get back right into the wrestling ring. All right, guys. Well, once again, thank you very much for having me and uh, thanks for every time you had me out. Appreciate it. Yep. Absolutely. And don't forget to check out the Russell Club show. If you're in Boise today, that'll be starting soon. It'll be cold. So bundle up there. Also, we want to extend our well wishes to the former guest host of Monday Night Raw, Betty White. She passed away yesterday, age 99. So, Betty White, very long, very productive life and career. 
had a little bit of a tie to pro wrestling, so we send all our well wishes to her and her family. We'll be back with you Sunday. Bill Colville, who had ties to world class, and the Von Eric boys will be with us. Should be a great, fascinating time on Sunday. Make sure you join us for that. Week from today, we kick off behind the scenes at Pacific Northwest. Mike Rogers, as Coach mentioned. Mike Rogers, someone everybody here at the Pacific Northwest knows, so tune in for that, and we will talk to you very, very soon. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you. Let your body